welcome. I'm Tom Farrell, CEO and executive producer at The Workshop, an independent production company that specializes in unscripted content. One of the bonuses of my work is having the opportunity to meet amazing individuals. Individuals who are leaving footprints is the way I like to describe these folks. Today, I'm joined by one of those people. Welcome, Sean Swarner. Hey, hey, Tom, I'm, I'm super excited for our uh, inaugural message and, and conversation. You know, I've I've known you for years, so it's about time we pulled out our uh, our collective brains together and pretended to be useful. Let's let's do it. <laughs> and I'm glad you said collective brains because I need some help. That's for sure. All right. Before we dig into our conversation, I just want to give everyone a little background on you, Sean, and paint a picture for those who don't know you. For starters, Sean has been voted one of the most inspirational people of all time. He travels the world speaking with groups and sharing his uplifting positive message. Sean is a two-time terminal cancer survivor and has looked death in the eye twice and has somehow managed to keep a positive outlook on life. Now, I know that only scratches the surface of who you are, but that's why we created this podcast series for folks to get to know who you are and more importantly, what you're all about. So how are you doing today, my man? I'm, I'm doing great, brother, and, and thanks for that amazing intro. You you painted a, a pretty pretty incredible picture, so I definitely have a lot to live up to. Um, I'm, I'm also grateful for the opportunity to be sharing some awesome stories with you and, and practical lessons we can hopefully all take for them, from them and uh, give some people some entertainment, but also some quality information they can use in their everyday lives. Right. We're just trying to give some takeaway nuggets of information that, that hopefully will help people. And you and I decided that it would be a good idea to pick a topic each podcast and talk about it. And our, our podcast is called Hope, Helping Others Persevere Every Day. And today we're going to hit on the topic about handling fear and the unknown and, and see where that takes us. So wide, wide open topic here, my friend. Where do you want to begin? Oh, I love it. I love it. Fear, fear is a tricky subject, but you know, in all honesty, it's it's about how you choose to look at it. And I and I use the word choose because that's what we have the opportunity to do every day. You know, it's it's one of the greatest freedoms of of life. We can always choose our perspective. Yeah, and and choice is a big thing in life, but sometimes. I don't think people even know why they're afraid. And and it's almost like a subconscious choice that they become afraid. Why do you think people are so afraid of the unknown? Well, it, it, honestly, it, it all depends on where they're coming from and, and what their perspective is. Because, you know, everyone's perspective is different. But each person has their own reality based on their point of view. Um, I mean, you, you can have twins who obviously they're genetically identical, but they have different perspectives because they, they had different experiences. Um, you know, I remember when I was, when I was climbing Denali, which was the highest mountain in, in North America. And I was at the crux of the climb with, with my, my climbing partner. So I was, I was out leading and I was trying out some, some new crampons, which are the metal spikes that you attach to your boots. And, we had 50 feet of rope between the two of us. So I was almost at the extent of the rope. I took one more step and I, I started rocketing down a glacier. So I, I, I started just flying down this, this mountain and 
I'm sitting on my butt and I'm thinking to myself as I'm shooting down, I'm thinking to myself, you know, <laughs> this, this isn't good. So, I mean, it's, it's amazing how quickly your brain reacts and, and thinks um, when, when something like that happens. And I remember thinking, like I said, this, this can't be good. You know, I should do something. So I rolled over and I dug my ice axe in the snow. And I remember snow shooting up between my face and my glacier glasses, you know, right in front of my eyeballs. And eventually I came to a stop. But while I was sliding down, I was incredibly peaceful. I wasn't scared. And for me, it, it, it seemed like it took five or 10 minutes. But for my climbing partner, you know, for, for him and, and from his perspective, it was over like that. So I, I collected my wits about me. I climbed back up to where I fell. I belayed him in. He got to where I was. And at that point, my, my adrenaline was shot and I was shaking. And I looked at him. I was like, dude, we have to go back down. So we went back down to the last camp. And I remember sitting in the, the, the tent, you know, right at, right at the front of the tent looking up because I'm a big believer in signs. And I'm like, you know, give me a sign. Let me know if it's my time or not, if, if I should be here. And I leaned back in the tent. And some, somehow my hood caught my glacier glasses and snapped them in half. And I, I looked back up. I was like, dude, I, I kind of needed those. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so we, we packed up and we, we headed out. But for me, it was it was slow and methodical. And like I said earlier, I was at peace. But for Ryan, it was over in an instant. You know, he was freaking out. So for the two of us, it was the exact same thing, but from a different perspective. And it it all depends on how we react to the fear. You know, also, there, there are two different things that we're, we're looking at here. You know, if, if you're looking at, you know, why people are afraid of the unknown, we're, we're looking at two different things. Uh, and and it's, it's weird because there's fear and then there's danger. You know, in my mind, I had the fear of falling because I was testing out the new equipment. But then there's the danger of the fall itself. You know, fear, fear itself technically can't hurt you, but danger can. You know, and, and I think it goes back to our ancestors. Let's let's take a trip back to, um, what is it, the, the Paleolithic era and the caveman. Let's say he sits inside in, in his cave and the fears of the giant cat with, with big fangs, he has that fear sitting in his brain. So he never leaves the cave. You know, that's fear. That holds him back from experiencing things. In his mind, it's real and it's keeping him from exploring the world. But danger... You know, let, let's say he leaves the cave and that giant saber-toothed tiger does decide to attack. Well, that, it's obviously not, that's not a good thing. Um, that's, that's the real danger, and it might or might not happen. You know, but, but you get the idea. I think, I think that's what people are doing now. People in our society have so many things to be afraid of, but are they in real danger? You know, or is it just fear holding them back? You know, the, the unknown can potentially petrify people. But it's not, it's not putting them in any real danger. You know, it's the fear holding people back. It's themselves holding them back. It's, it's what they're afraid of. You know, they're afraid of something. But more often than not, they're not in any real danger. But their brain doesn't know the difference. You know, time and time again, we've been told that from such an early age, you know, all the things we can't do. You know, think, think, think back to when you were a kid. I, I know it's, it was a, a long time ago. Why? But, think, <laughs> but think back to when, when you were a kid, and seriously, how often do you think parents tell their kids no, or don't do that, or stop that, or you know things like stop hitting your sister, you know, or your brother, <laughs> since you, since you have two kids, you know that's that's it's a always phrase in our house. Sean. Yeah, I mean it's it's shocking that the child's first words aren't no. 
You know, no, you can't do that. But it's it's ingrained in our, our brains at such a young age. I think it continues through life. You know, people are always telling you you can't do something. You shouldn't act that way, what, whatever it might be. I mean, I was once told it was it was physiologically impossible to climb Everest with one lung. Thank you know, thankfully I didn't believe him. Otherwise, I wouldn't know what it's like to stand on top of the world. So, you know, in all honesty, I don't think it's 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 not the unknown that people are afraid of. I think it's the relationship to or the reaction to it. You know, it's it's how they've conditioned themselves to think and react, because most of the time we're on autopilot going through our days without really giving uh, that relationship much thought. You just just dropped something there that I have to jump in on here in case people don't know. And you you talked about one lung. Um, Can you just tell a little bit about uh, that line that you just used there? Sure. I mean, I'm I'm also the the first cancer survivor to climb Mount Everest, but I I climbed to the highest point in the world with with half my lung capacity. You know, and, and at one point, people thought that was physiologically impossible. And if if I believed that, I, I wouldn't have been able to accomplish what I have. And it's it's just like the old story of Roger Bannister. You know, what was it, the the four minute mile, I think it was? You know, they thought that you would but by running that fast, they thought that the human body would suffer internal damage. You know, but as soon as one person does it, then people believe it's possible. You know, with, with my with my keynote speeches, I tell people all the time, whether you think you can or you can't, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Yeah, that's good advice. So these experiences that you've had and been through in life, there's got to be some tips in your toolbox that you can give to folks to help alleviate their fear. Are there any takeaways that come to top of mind that you could share that would would be a bonus to people to help them with their fear? Tips for sure, man. Um, You know, I, I think one of the best ways is to actually start looking at why you think you're scared of something. You know, it's it's not the thing that people are afraid of. It's it's the relationship with that thing. Um I guess for, for example, you know my wife Julisa. She was she was she's she's going to love me telling this story. She <laughs> she was born and raised in Puerto Rico. Um she just moved to Colorado a few years ago. Um you know, you talk about climate shock. She, she uh, when when she first moved here, I was living up by a ski resort and we now live in the more temperate area of Castle Rock where, you know, it's, it's completely different uh, climactic zone. So I, one of the reasons was I figured if someone's going to spend her first winter in her entire life in Colorado, probably shouldn't be up near a ski resort. So we, we, we moved down here. Um, anyhow, she she has two brothers. And, and when she was growing up, you know, again, down in Puerto Rico, uh, they, they'd catch lizards, they'd catch chameleons, geckos and other things like that and, and scare with them. You know, she <laughs> she loved that. So. They uh, they tossed him on her into her hair, and and she obviously then you know would would scream and freak out, and even now, she says she's scared of lizards, even though she's obviously bigger and stronger than them. Um, but honestly, I, she's not afraid of the lizards. She's afraid of how they make her feel. And I, I quote, you know, put like quote unquote make her feel. Yep. It's her relationship with it. What's that? No, I, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, so it, it's it's it, her relationship with those things, with the lizards that scare her. You know, she's been conditioned to associate lizards to a horrible, squirmy, gross feeling inside of her gut. So now, whenever now whenever she sees them, she freaks out. So I, honestly, I think 
first knowing and understanding it's not the thing that makes you feel any way, it's your reaction to it. You know, I think that's the first step. And the next step would probably depend on what works for you individually. You know, it, it might be it might be something different for everyone. You could grossly exaggerate something and, and blow it completely, blow it way out of proportion and end up laughing at how ridiculous it is because laughter sometimes help, uh, helps curb the, uh, the fear. So she could, you know, picture herself being covered in, in lizards, which, you know, now that I say it out loud, probably doesn't sound like something that she'd laugh at. Um, but if, if you just grossly exaggerate something, you know, and, and if you're afraid of public speaking and you get up there and you, you just blunder over everything and it's, it's really not the end of the world. It's just, just take it a little bit lightheartedly, you know, laugh at yourself and don't take it too seriously, you know, and, and. Another good way, and I've I've used this one numerous times, is is focusing on what you want, not the avoidance of what you don't. And I think this is huge. So if if people are are looking to alleviate fear, you know, back when I was battling my uh, my first cancer, I remember I was sixty pounds overweight, um, I, and I woke up one morning sitting on the side of my bed, and it was about three or four months into the treatment and I remember looking over to my left side where my head was on the pillow and I, I noticed it was it was just covered in hair. And I ran to the bathroom, you know, looked in the mirror and, and I thought maybe I could comb it over, maybe I could stop it from falling out, maybe I could do something. But I, I, I knew it was inevitable. So I went into the shower and you know turned on the shower and every time I, I brought my hands down from my head from washing my hair, uh, my hands were just literally covered in hair. So I'm 60 pounds overweight now. And I'm bald from head to toe. Like my hair just fell out in that, that shower just that in that one time at that one time. And I collapsed to the shower floor. And I remember just sobbing uncontrollably. And I remember pulling chunks of hair out of the drain so the water could go down. And it was also in that same moment that I decided I wasn't focused. I didn't want to focus on not dying. I wanted to focus on living. I mean, can you, can you imagine what, what my life would be like? Or even if I would be here. You know, if I kept telling myself, don't die, don't die, don't die, you know, I turned it around and I kept telling myself I wanted to live. I wanted to survive. I wanted to go out and thrive again. I wanted to do things. So I, instead of telling myself, don't die, you know, I wanted to live. So I think one of the biggest things that can help people, you know, when, when they want to alleviate that fear is don't focus on, on what you want to avoid. Focus on what you want to happen. Hey, Sean, you, you touched upon being a kid there and, and having that fear. And a, a lot of kids today do have fear. And is there a message that you want to get out there to kids who might be scared of something, whether it's as trivi trivial as lizards or as serious as <laughs> chemotherapy? <laughs> Yeah, I, I like how you put the lizards in, in cancer in the same sense. That's awesome. You know, I honestly, I, I think it would all depend on how old the, the kid was. But the number one thing I would mention would be to just to be yourself no matter what. You know, be genuine, be you. Uh, don't try to become someone you're not because once you start going after someone else's goals, you're going to be pulled away from your own core values. And your core values, your, your personal core values, are the things that make you who you are. You know, there are almost, what, 8 billion people on the planet. You know, why would you want to be like somebody else? You know, it, and, and if, if 
people who are scared develop that confidence and find what makes you unique. You know, it, it's okay to be different. You know, obviously I was different going through um, those, those two cancers, going to school and, and being the oddball because I was wearing a wig sometimes in school. You know, I was the only kid in, in school wearing a hat you know, because I had no hair and, and I embraced it because I was different. I wanted to be different. I wasn't scared because every day I did something a little bit different to push myself out of my comfort zone. And I, I think that that might be the, the biggest um, piece of advice too is if you are scared, you're, you're not going to get over that fear instantly. It's, it's going to be a little bit at a time. So every day do something to push yourself a little bit more. And, and one of the things that my parents taught me when I was younger, which has always stuck, stuck with me, is I'd never had to be the best. I had to be, be my best. You know, by just pushing myself a little bit more and be better today than I was yesterday and focusing on what my personal core values were. Hey, hey, Sean, I, I have known you a long time and I've never asked you this question about and I have no idea where we're going to go here, but uh, let's just put it out there about your feeling about faith and fear. What would you say? comes to mind when I throw that out there to you. You know, it's faith is a, a such a broad subject. It, you know, there's there's faith, there's religion, there's spirituality, um, and and people. I, I've been to, I want to say, almost seventy countries. You know, I've I've um, been immersed into. I don't. I can't even tell you how many different cultures and religions. You know, when I was in uh, when I was in college, I studied the ancient Mayan culture, where they believed a fire pit was uh, a direct gateway to hell. Um, you know, I've I've been in uh, a building in the in in Cairo, Egypt, going up the escalator with a guy wearing a turban, and he looked at me and goes, "I'm from the 51st state, Iraq," and the doors close, and my stomach drops, and I'm like, "Oh my God, I'm gonna die." And this was literally within hours after there was a bomb that went off in the city. And I look at him kind of jokingly and I said, funny, I, I, thought, I thought that'd be Puerto Rico, not Iraq. <laughs> so he starts laughing. He's like, you know, you okay. You're a good American. Um, so honestly, I, I, first of all, I, th I think we have a lot more in common than we do different. You know, I think there are, there are more commonalities than there are differences. And I think, again, humor can help a ton. But faith is definitely a good thing, and I, I personally believe that that God gave me a brain to think on my own. I don't think he's going to uh, personally come down and, and protect me from something, because obviously I've, I've had two cancers. But I do believe that, that the doors will open, or the, there will be doors that are open, and it's, my, it's up to me to choose which door to walk through. You know, and, and he's he's guiding me, and, and I think those are what my personal core values are. And I, I think if if you do lean on your fear, or if, if you lean on your faith, you don't want to lean on your fears. If you want, if if you lean on your if you lean on your faith, what's that? So much for our podcast. If we're leaning on fear, <laughs> lean on lean on your fears. Um, if 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 you lean on your faith during times of fear, it, it, it will definitely help lift you up. But I also think that 
every human being on earth has been given a toolbox where they can calm themselves down with 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 deep breathing and they can be connected to whatever works for them hey do you do you still have fear in your life oh of, of course you know i i i'd be lying if i said i didn't but i i i I, I definitely have fears, but I don't let it control me. You know, I, I think um, someone told me a long time ago, worrying is, is a lot like a rocking chair. You know, it, it gives you something to do to pass the time, but it doesn't really get you anywhere. So I've always thought about that. And I've always thought that, you know, my relationship with fear is a little bit different because it, my biggest fear probably is getting my cancers again. You know, I was given three months to live the first time, 14 days to live the second time. I sure as hell don't want to get it again. Yeah. You know, and, and it comes up once a year when I go in for my annual checkup. But I, again, it's it's not the cancer that I'm afraid of. It's not the checkup that I'm afraid of. It's it's my reaction to it. It's not the thing. And I'm always in control of my feelings. It's it's uh, There's a big buzzword going around now called emotional intelligence. And I think it's just taking a step back. You know, and and realizing that you really are in charge and no one makes you or nothing makes you feel a certain way. You know, you how you react to that is is the reason for your emotions and your feelings. You know, if if you're in an argument with with your significant other, for example, and somebody shouts out, you see how you're making me feel? No, that's not at all. I'm making myself feel that way. So do I have fear? Of course I do, but I just don't let it overtake my body and I don't let it overtake my brain. You know, I'm a little bit more in control of it than most people, I think. And everybody can learn how to do that. Yeah, some words to live by there, Sean. So as you were talking, one of the things that, that I started to think about was, you know, prepare. you said you were preparing to go in and get your yearly checkup. And you know it, it comes once a year at a certain time, but what can what can people do during the calm times to prepare them for the turbulent times? Is there stuff that we can practice that could make those rough times a little bit easier if if we're mental mentally prepared for it? Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's it's a lot like. You know, as I said earlier, my my wife Julissa from, was from Puerto Rico, and we were actually down there for uh, both Hurricane, or, yeah, Hurricane Irma and Maria. And Maria was a uh, 165 mile an hour tornado, basically that was 40 miles wide, and it went on for 18 or 12, 12 to 14 hours. You know, it was horrible. And we were also down there for the uh, the earthquakes. You know, I'm sure everybody knows knows about those. And we were seven miles away from the uh, the six point whatever epicenter, and it was like a giant demon came out of the the ocean, grabbed the building, and just rattled it. It was just like Rrrr. it sounded just like that. Um, <laughs> so we were on the bottom floor of the hotel. We were taking some time off from from visiting your family. We were, I don't know, maybe 200 feet from the ocean, and before we went to bed. We had a, a a plan, and there were two doors. One went out towards the ocean. There, like I said, about two hundred feet. There were a couple coconut trees, and uh, the other way was was towards more buildings, basically, and and the parking lot. And uh, all of a sudden, it just started rattling. And like I said, this demon just shook the building, and both of us were freaking out because we're thinking the building's going to collapse on us. 
we're screaming at each other, remain calm, remain calm. I start brushing my teeth and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Get out of here. I'm, I'm trying to keep myself calm by brushing my teeth. And I'm like halfway through my back two molars and I spit it out. I'm like, let's just get out of here. So we packed up our stuff, but we, but we had an evacuation plan. You know, I, I think that was definitely part of it, you know, being prepared. You know, nothing was happening, but we just in case something did happen, we had a plan in place. Um, I think the, the biggest thing is, is not freaking out, you know, grab your toothbrush and start brushing, start brushing your teeth if you start freaking out, but you can't let the, the fear overtake you. You know, it's, sure. it's what, that's, what's that? that's the takeaway information from this past half hour is just brush, your, brush teeth. your teeth. Good job, Sean. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's like sitting and, and waiting for my cancer to come back, you know, either, either, either the cancers, you know, it could happen, but what good is it going to do for me to sit there and wait for it? And, and I, again, I, I can't let it overtake me, but I also in life, I have a support system in case, you know, I say that, you know, knock on wood, just in case something happens, you know, I have my family there. I have my friends there. And even, you know, social media is there to support as well. Even though they're they're not there physically, I have a plan in place. And I have that support system. And just like going through the earthquake, the difference between an earthquake and a hurricane, you know, the hurricane you can prepare for. You know what's coming. The earthquake, just boom, right there it is. But we had something in place and we were ready for it. So even even in the, the calm times of, of the world and, and even when things are, are easy, you know, quote unquote easy, you know, the best thing to do is just not think about the doomsday situations, but be prepared for them. I mean, like I'm sure in your house, you know, if, if your house catches on fire, you have an evacuation route, you know, you know where to go, you know what to take and, and you know what, what to bring with you. So you, you can, you sure. can talk on that too. It's, it's very simple to, to be prepared. All you have to do is just take some time out to, to, to put uh, some thoughts together and, and make it happen. No, I, I agree with you 100%. And man, I could talk to you all day long, but uh, I think we should, let's save some for another day um, as, as we keep this, this uh, conversation going. So before we wrap up, uh, wrap up, hey, Sean, is there a way that someone could get a hold of you if they wanted to reach out to you? Yeah, that's the easiest question you've asked yet. Um, that's easy. Yeah, simple. Just go to SeanSwarner.com, just like Sean Connery, S-E-A-N, and then like the Warner Brothers with an S, S-W-A-R-N-E-R. SeanSwarner.com. Uh, I'm Tom Farrell. He's Sean Swarner, and that's your dose of hope for today. <laughs>